Welcome to the Let's Kill It podcast. I'm Janice T, former corporate dropout turned full-time entrepreneur, creator, and lifelong learner. Every single week, I bring you mindset hacks and personal growth tips inspired by real stories and experiences. So if you're an inspiring entrepreneur, entrepreneur, online content creator, or someone who is really looking to grow your business or career and level up your life, well, you're in the right place. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the good stuff begin. Have you ever wondered why some people can just kill it in sales like easy peasy and then you're just here struggling like why can't I close any sales? Why is it that I talk to people and all that I get is no? Why am I trying so hard to not be salesy but I end up feeling so cringy? Why are my customers and clients not seem to respect me, to see me as an authority? And why do they always seem to be in charge of the conversation? Not me. I don't feel like this is the right way. Why do I not feel respected in my sales? Why do I feel like I can't walk away? And so much more when it comes to sales. And so today, I'm so stoked to bring you sales psychology hacks that will end up making you millions. This is what has helped me personally and my clients close multiple five figures, multiple six figures, and even building up to seven figure and beyond type of businesses. These are surprisingly important things in sales that you must have that maybe are not so often talked about and I want you to be on the inside. So stay tuned in this episode to kill it in your sales. Now, there's so much negative connotation when it comes to the word sales. Virtually, if you ask someone to close their eyes and you flash the word sales or salesman, nobody is visualizing anything good, right? But in reality, every single thing that we see around us is a result of a sale somewhere. And the truth is that as clients, we actually love buying. We want to buy the next iPhone. We want to buy the next MacBook. We want to buy our next coffee. We want to buy our next house. We want to buy our next car. We are ready buyers. So why do we still have such a negative perception of sales when we ourselves and the rest of the world are actually ready buyers? We actually cannot wait to be sold to. We cannot wait for a very, very great car salesperson to explain to us all the technicalities of the new car that we've been dying to have anyway. We cannot Um, wait for our favorite barista to explain to us the difference between the different types of specialty coffee and what's on offer on the menu today we want to buy right and so to remove the icky feeling that you have about sales and to really not just be okay at sales not just be good at sales but to really kill it and own it in sales especially when you're selling higher ticket products you have to understand sales psychology It's not just about the product. It's about the process. It's about the control that you have over the process. And usually this process involves a conversation. How in charge are you? How in control are you of the whole conversation, the dynamic between you as the business owner and seller, so to speak, and the other person who is your potential target audience slash potential client, right? And today I want to really, really be able to break down some lesser known things about sales that appear in all situations and the very, very best people in sales who are raking in seven, eight, nine figures, they definitely understand the importance of these things. 
And so I hope you do too, especially after this episode. The first thing that I want to talk about is that we buy more than eighty percent of our impression of whether we buy into something or not has to do with body language and non-verbal cues, which means that it doesn't even matter what you say. This is wild. It doesn't even matter what you say, because majority and overwhelming majority of the impression that people have of you, whether you're good or not, whether you know your stuff, whether you're authority, whether I should respect you, all of that comes from your body language and non-verbal cues. What do I mean by this? In real life, in reality, when you're doing business, whether you're over Zoom, having a sales meeting, or whether you're Having an actual meeting or a sales meeting in coffee in person, you want to think about it. And so, example: if you are doing a Zoom sales call, are you showing up on your PJs on a sales call, or are you sitting down? Are you standing up? You know, even though it's just Zoom, quote unquote, do you have good lighting? Is your hair all over the place?、Um, Are you maintaining good eye contact with your potential client? Are you, you know, speaking with confidence or with hesitation when you ask for the sale? Are your eyes flitting all over? Do you look like how are you presenting yourself? Really think about it, right?、Um, and as shocking as it might be, since we spend so much time obsessing over the perfect sales script or exactly what to say, it may be shocking. But the fact is. The majority of how someone feels about us is actually non-verbal. By the way, this is also why we can watch and fully enjoy a silent movie, right? Because there is just so much that can be said without saying anything. For example, I'm not exactly gonna have faith in、um, a doctor who shows up with like no gloves, no mask. Like just looks unprepared, and he looks disheveled. He looks like he doesn't have enough sleep. How am I going to trust this this person with my surgery? There's no way. And in the same way, you want to think about how am I really presenting myself? What is the impression that I'm giving off, right? And even down to the nitty gritty details of, for example, if you're on Zoom, like I was talking about the lighting. Do you look like you're in a professional setting, or do you look like someone who's just woken up, opened their MacBook, and you're now just doing a Zoom from your bed? Right, it's a very big difference.、Um, are you dressed up, you know, and is your hair done? Are you speaking with energy, or are you looking slouchy and you're speaking with a、uh, tired energy, or、uh, I just rolled out of bed energy? Do you? You know, look directly at the client. Are you smiling、um, throughout the conversation? What kind of vibe are you giving off, right? And then also, how are you guiding the conversation、um, from the get go, right? You want to think about all these things because, again, there is so much that can be said or implied implicitly or explicitly without actually even saying anything. So you definitely want to watch your body language and nonverbal cues down to are you sitting straight. Or not, or are you slouching, and all these other little things because they do matter way more than we think. So, first one on body language and nonverbal cues. 
、um, even in a real life sales meeting, you also want to pay special attention to this, right? From the moment you walk into the room, are you making eye contact? Are you standing straight? How are you sitting down? How are you giving your handshakes? And all these things happen way before any sale even starts, right? But it has so much to do with how the rest of the conversation is going to go. So that's number one. Number two, you have to understand that negotiation is not one sided compromising. I'll repeat it again negotiation is not one sided compromising.、Um, a lot of people, especially when building their businesses, want to focus on the sale. Nothing wrong with that, right? But You want to really also be able to hold your ground and hold your stand as a professional and as a specialist and as a business owner. And if you realize there are different types of clients out there, right? Clients that are worth working with, clients that are just not worth it.、Um, there's good money and bad money, good clients and bad clients at the same time. So you want to be selective about it because specialist businesses are selective about who they work with. And what you realize, generally speaking, is that clients that are hyper focused on pricing and want to save every single last penny or dollar or dime, they are also the ones who expect the most, right? And sometimes they end up giving you such a hot time and they're so difficult to work with and they keep your mind so preoccupied that it's just almost better not even taking on that client in the first place, right? But as a pro tip, I would say never give in to saying yes to the client without also receiving something in return. And true negotiation is really about creating a win win situation for both parties and a win win outcome for both parties. And it's not compromising your time or effort without it making sense for you. And a lot of、um, entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs, are mistaken about this where it's like, Now, I want the sale, and the client's willing to give me the sale. Therefore, I should、um, you know, make the sale on the terms of the client. But they don't stop to think about what is it going to cost me because there's nothing free in this world, right? So, how much of my time and how much of my effort am I compromising? And does it make sense for me to even say yes to this? Is something that you really want to start thinking about? Especially if you're not used to saying no to your, your clients, right? And if they want something, if they want a discount on a whatever product, service, offer that you are offering, for example, if they want a discount, then maybe what you can get back in return is that they pay upfront instead of a four part payment plan option, for example. And if they want,、um, you know, Longer sessions, maybe they have to then commit to a longer period of time instead of working with you for only six months. They have to sign a minimum contract of a year, and in return for that, maybe instead of a one hour session, you're able to give them a one and a half hour session each time. The terms of the negotiation obviously vary depending on the particular situation, but no matter what it is, the baseline is a true negotiation is about a win win. And very, very rarely would you have a winning negotiation that only has a win for one party and not for the other, including you. So don't make the negotiation about just giving the client what they want because that's not a true negotiation. 
um, but you really want to create a situation where both of you are super happy with it. Both of you can walk away feeling like this is an ideal outcome for me. And it usually makes the results and the working relationship so much better as well. Right? So second thing you want to understand is that negotiation is not one-sided compromising, but more so about creating a win-win situation. And don't be afraid to express that um, rather than just blindly agreeing with whatever the client is proposing. And the right kind of clients, by the way, will appreciate and respect you for stating your terms. Number three, you have to know that the client is not always right. In fact, they're often wrong. And beyond that, you have to be willing to express it, right? You are a professional. You are a specialist. You are an expert in your space. And that's why the client is potentially considering your service. You are not there to be your client's best friend. You're there as an expert. And so if you just say yes to everything that the client is saying as if they know best and only they know best, then think about it. Why would they even work with you if they know better? Clearly, the client knows that they don't know everything and they are a high quality client, which means that they already recognize that I have my zone of genius. Anything that falls outside of my zone of genius, I don't mind paying someone in order to make it happen rather than try to do it all by myself. Right. It's the same thing of like, I can, you know, wash my toilets um, in the whole house and I can take like a whole day to do it. But why would I do that when I can hire someone to do it? Just because I can do it on my own doesn't mean that it makes sense for me to do it on my own. And the best clients also realize this as well. Right. It's the same thing as when you on a simpler level, you could cook a four component meal for dinner tonight, but you're not a good cook. You're busy running your business. So why would you not just have a food delivery service, deliver the food over to you and sure you're paying a little bit more than if you were to just cook yourself, but it can save you so much time, energy and effort and it's worth it for you, right? So just because you can do it yourself doesn't mean you necessarily want to, doesn't mean that it would make sense. The best clients, they realize this already. So they're willing to pay someone who knows better than them to be able to get something that they uh, need to get done for them sooner better and faster than they could on their own, right? So that's why they hired a specialist or that's why they're looking to hire a specialist potentially, AKA why they're sitting in front of you right now. And if you just say yes to everything that the client is saying as if they know better than you, then why would they wanna work with you? They are here to hire an expert who can give them different opinions, alternative opinions, more informed opinions because you are a subject matter expert in your field. So what you can do instead is to provide well thought out opinions, thoughts, and don't be afraid to challenge the objection of your clients and prospects when their actions are not consistent with their words. For example, if a client tells you, I want to solve this problem, you know, we've been thinking about it for so long and we, we really, really want to solve it. And then don't be afraid to challenge your client and ask them, so you've been thinking about this for so long. How exact, how long exactly have you been thinking about it? And what have you done so far? How did that go? And if your client is just fluffing you, they'll be stuttering and be like, oh, we actually haven't done anything, you know? And, and um, um, maybe we're not that serious after all. And you can, you know, you can kind of distill that out from your clients. Um, but if they really did make a concerted effort to try and solve a problem for a long time, they were then able to tell you, oh, you know, we tried um, method A, we, 
we try method B, we try method C, and it didn't work out for all these reasons. And that gives you so much insight and nuance to this problem that they're trying to solve, which allows you to then come up with a better solution and know exactly what to avoid as well. So it's going to give you a more informed view of the current situation, which also makes you able to come up with a better solution. And of course, gives you a better and higher chance of closing the client as well by being able to give up a more um, nuanced opinion and nuanced solution as a result of you asking the right questions and challenging the client, being able to get more information from that allows you to come up with a better proposal, which increases your chances of customizing that particular proposal or pitch, which makes it more tailored for the client. And they're like, oh my God, this is literally perfect. Increases your chances of closing, right? So number three is very important knowing that the client is not always right and on top of that being willing to express that that's really really important and in fact the best kind of clients they actually really appreciate it not only will they not be offended but they they're like wow you really know your stuff this is literally why i hired an expert to be able to give me alternative opinions and you did exactly that so don't be afraid to challenge a client know that the client is not always right and be willing to express it and communicate this with them in a respectful manner. This in turn usually garners you more respect as well and increases your chances of closing a deal. Number four is the ability to walk away. It is often said that the one who has the least to lose is always the most in control and has the most leverage and has the most power and is most likely to win, right? So bearing in mind, the ability to walk away, you really have to mean it, not just think it. You have to actually be willing to really walk away from a bad deal, right? Negotiation is about a win-win situation, but in some cases where you see that it's really not happening, you have to know your value. You have to believe in what you bring to the table, and you have to truly not be afraid to walk away when something is just simply not worth it for you rather than entering it for the sake of entering it and then later it causes you so much more stress so much more headaches and it's just simply not a good deal right and even if the deal doesn't work out if you are willing to respectfully walk away from a deal that is just not right for you and you're able to obviously communicate this in a civil and polite and respectful manner even if this particular deal does not pan through the client will gain respect for you because people learn how to treat you by the way that you treat yourself. If you don't respect yourself, you don't respect your time, then your client's not going to respect you and your client's not going to respect your time. But if you respect your time, you respect yourself, you respect your standard, you hold your ground respectfully, of course, the client's able to see this, that this person values their work, this person values their craft, this person values the type of people that they work with. And even if this deal specifically doesn't go through, the client will gain respect for you and see that you truly value your expertise. And maybe if it's a timing issue, then when the time is right, guess who they're going to come back to? You and not the other person that's just going to like agree with whatever they say and not teach them anything new and not hold their ground. And it's basically available 24-7 at their beck and call. That doesn't really scream specialist to me, to you or to your potential clients, right? So when you're able to actually be clear of the value you hold reasonably and realistically, and then you also 
have the ability to walk away, this actually increases respect from the client's end. And what you might end up getting out of it is not only repeat business, but maybe even referrals as well. Because they see that you value your work. They see that you respect your work and yourself. And they see that you truly value your expertise. They're able to see it for themselves as well. And when they know of, and if they know of someone who might be suitable, they may not hesitate to refer that person to you. And you might be surprised by this as well. So as a quick recap, sales psychology hacks that will make you millions that the top people in sales are doing. Number one, mind your own body language and nonverbal cues because so much aka the vast majority of decisions that we make actually comes from nonverbal cues on the vibe that we get from someone. Number two, you have to understand that negotiation is not about one-sided compromising, but rather you have to end up in a win-win situation. Number three, you have to know that the client is not always right. And on top of that, be willing to express this, um, obviously in a respectful manner. Um, the client will respect you more for it. And number four, you must have the ability to walk away. Know your value, know your worth, because the way that you treat yourself is the way that you teach other people to treat you. And so combining all of this um, together is guaranteed to make yourself so much more powerful and so much stronger when you're able to show up from the get-go, pay attention to all these nonverbal cues, and really retain control and leverage over the whole conversation and communication with your client, be it verbally or non-verbally right and be able to understand that you are in a given in a given situation as a specialist you are partners with your clients you are not their slave or their employee and it has to be an equal partnership and you have to be able to demonstrate how this partnership works how you treat yourself what the dynamic is you have to be able to set this from the get-go before the client even signs on with you and this happens usually in a sales meeting. And so I hope these four things at least shows you the importance of lesser known things in sales that help the top people actually kill it. And a lot of people don't really realize these subtle things that have a big, big difference, right? And so save this, take a few notes, Apply them in your next call and let me know how it goes. I hope you learn a thing or two today and I will see you in the Thanks next one. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I hope it inspired you on your journey towards that next level in your business and life. Make sure to check out the description for show notes with a full rundown of all the juicy details and important links that you need. Also, make sure to share this with a friend if you found this useful and subscribe here on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It would genuinely mean the world to me to hear from you. So share a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast and let me know which part of this episode resonated with you the most. In case no one's told you lately, you are amazing and absolutely capable of creating the extraordinary life that you dream of and deserve. Now it's time to go out there, do the hard stuff, and let's kill it.